You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Josh, as always, we appreciate the time. Let's start with the spirit of unity and solidarity we saw around the NFL this weekend. Do you think that's going to have any impact on Colin Kaepernick and his ability to find a job? No, not at this point. I, I don't. I, I think that if anything, the the insertion of, of President Trump into this has has pushed it even farther away from from Colin Kaepernick, and and it's created all of these new issues and questions. And I, I mean, really, it feels like Kaepernick's name comes up now um, in a different way in in terms of the the work he's he's actually done in the community as as being a a. I think a roadmap to go forward, regardless of what it means for his NFL playing career, but for what, what I think needs to happen now is the next step that, as you mentioned, the solidarity and unity and, and addressing these things head on by the NFL is, is something that was long overdue. And now I think the second part of that is putting it into action so that this becomes much more than, than the attempt to make this a, a fight about a, a flag or a song and, and a real call for action that that has a lot of positive good on on communities around the country yeah that's true and 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 it it seems like to me it's like colin kaepernick comes out and he doesn't make it about something that was said to him but it's things that's being done to others when it comes to equality and justice things that and brutality Um, all those things that I think I think are should or should be in a category of being against the norm in a sense of what this country is truly all about. But yet you have the guys who are kneeling, the coaches as well as the owners are kneeling because they were attacked by comments that were made by the president. How do you gauge, you know, which one has the most, let's just say, purposeful meaning behind it when it comes down to uh, how Colin Kaepernick took his stance as well as the guys in the National Football League from the coaches, players, as well as the owners took their stance based on what the president said in a sense of why they were, uh, what he called them when he said said they were taking a knee when it came down to the National Anthem. Well, I I mean, I think the purposefulness, I I don't think anyone can touch Colin Kaepernick there. He did it long before, he did it, you know, before anybody even noticed he was doing it. And, And he was doing it last year at a time where he was, you know, out on an island. And I think if, if you want to throw in some of those other guys from last year, Eric Reed and Kenny Stills and, and others who, who also took those steps, um, you know, Malcolm Jenkins has been right at the forefront of this. I, I think that's a lot more telling than, than it, the reaction to the, the president. And, and I think certainly in terms of ownership and, and ownership's reaction to it, I think that's where it can be a little. It can be possible to get a little bit cynical about what we saw last weekend, and and the the actions, the the things that pro- provoked the actions were much more about protecting, you know, your business interests. But you know, Colin Kaepernick's the one who doesn't have a job right now, and and I don't think that that Jerry Jones and, and Robert Kraft and John Mara are, are really have those kinds of concerns about what's going to happen to their their teams and their their business empires. Taking you around the league with Josh Alper, ProFootballTalk.com. You mentioned giant co-owner John Mara. We know he was not happy, understandably so, with Odell Beckham Jr.'s canine touchdown celebration. But, Josh, does the team bear some responsibility for enabling this kind of nonsensical behavior in the past? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think they, they do. I, I think that, you know, when, when we saw this over the last couple of years, we're – you know the 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 kicking that stuff and the the fight with Josh Norman and 
and some of those sideline meltdowns, it, it was like you, you could predict what the response from Ben McAdoo would be based on uh, what the result of the game was. If they lost, then it was we have to be more emotional and we have to keep things in check. And if they won, it, there was almost a shrug of the shoulders, you know, boys will be boys kind of a thing. And and so I think if it were really, you know, really an issue for them, it, it would have been something that had been dealt with head on in a, in an earlier fashion. And, and at the same time, I, I think for, you know, a team that relies so much on Beckham and, and so much of what they, they do runs through Beckham. I, I find it curious that, you know that, that his behavior is is such a such a big thing. I, I guess uh, you know we we saw what happened with the the Steelers and Antonio Brown in the playoffs last year, and and that that was a a very head on thing. But you know throughout the rest of the season, you, you know you had a lot of stuff with Antonio Brown with touchdown celebrations and fines for wearing shoes and, and all of these these kinds of things that fall into a similar realm as as what we saw from Beckham last week and and it just wasn't treated as this uh, as this assault I, I feel like this got played up so much because there was there, there was so much more attention this week placed on the you know the behavior of, of NFL players and and the decorum of NFL players for for lack of a better word and and I, I just I, I think it's it's blown a little bit out of proportion. Um, in, in this particular case, but I, I think if it's if it's something the Giants really wanted to make a statement about it, it was something to do a couple of years ago. That that Josh Norman game again just comes right into mind as as a guy who who sometimes puts his personal business ahead of the team's business. And speaking of, you know, it sounds like selfishness uh, when you really break it down. Give me just the the feeling that you get about this this Giants team when 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 it comes down to executing something we've had an opportunity to see them do for some time, maybe not get to the playoffs, not to a championship, but executing much better than what we've seen them do. And to see them not be able to do it three weeks in a row, you know, what direction do you see this team going in? I mean, it just gave up what 140 million bucks in guaranteed money uh, going into this year. Second most in the national football league. Where do you see them go from? Where do you see they go from here? Well, you know, I, I think that the you know the money they spent on the defense has been money well spent. I, they've gotten returns on that, and and I just I think that they, whether it was misguided optimism or just a, a you know an unwillingness to spend that way again this this off season, but they, there were clear and obvious problems with the offense, particularly with the offensive line, and and their reaction to it was to go and get uh, Brandon Marshall, who, you know, is a good run blocker for a receiver, but, but isn't going to make a, a huge difference in pass blocking. And uh, Evan Engram, a tight end who, who doesn't block. So it, it I, I think that, that, that overlooking that, that flaw was, was is, is shaping up to be the thing that keeps them out of the playoffs this year. And I don't know where, where you really go from there because you're going to still have to go and do that now this offseason, and, and that's another year, of Eli Man- another year of Eli Manning's career. You're going to have to make this decision about, about making a long-term commitment to Odell Beckham and, and where you go offensively from there. You, you can't run the ball, and those defensive, those defensive salaries maybe will get in the way of, of fixing some of the stuff on offense. So if, if you have to go and rebuild from there too, 
it's looking like a longer process for the Giants when I think I and a lot of other people thought they had a real chance to, to contend for big things in the NFC heading into this season. Especially with their head-to-head achievement over the Dallas Cowboys. He is Cordell Stewart. I'm Brian Weber chatting with our friend Josh Alper from ProFootballTalk.com. Cordell Cordell loves when I bring up the notion of Andrew Luck when healthy has done more with less in Indianapolis. Should we be talking about that mindset in Green Bay? Because think about what is happening up front. Aaron Rodgers missing both starting offensive tackle. Randall Cobb bagged up. I know that Rodgers threw a pick six in what proved to be a comeback win against Cincinnati. But, Josh, if we're just talking about effectively a solo act, isn't it time? And I know he's won an MVP award and he's going to the Hall of Fame. But shouldn't we give Rodgers even more praise? I, I know, you know, I, I think it, it's it's tough to to feel like he's been underpraised because, as you said, he's a, an MVP. He's going to the Hall of Fame, and I think if if you don't think Tom Brady's the best quarterback in the league, you think it's Aaron Rodgers. So I, I think those those things are are really high up there. But I I, I think that it it is some something that really stands out when you look at at how good he is and and what the gap may be between him and other quarterbacks. You know. I don't mean to pick on guys like Eli Manning and Carson Palmer and even Ben Roethlisberger at points over their career where they, they've been faced and saddled with these, you know, excuses for why the team hasn't done well. And every single year, Rodgers is in the playoffs. And they've dealt with a ton of injuries. They, they didn't have Jordy Nelson. You know, they didn't have um, – they have offensive lineman injuries, it seems like, every single week. Uh, for the last three, four seasons, and, and they're shuffling guys in there and converting wide receivers to running backs in the middle of the season, and, and he just cruises along. And so, yeah, I, I think it's impossible to overstate how good he is and how great he's been. But I, I don't know that if there, there's really been a, an underselling of Aaron Rodgers going on. Um, but I, I don't think you can oversell him either. No, I mean, everything that he gets, I think it sometimes is right on point, sometimes is off because – you feel like he should get more, but then when you think of Tom Brady and what he has, I mean, how often has he played without and still been able to win? So for Aaron Rodgers to play the way he's playing, when they lose, it's just what it is. When they win, I mean, it's just as good. But speaking of teams that's winning, the Kansas City Chiefs, Alex Smith, how much has he turned his, let's just say in the last three weeks, his career around with this notion that he was just a, a game manager and a guy that can do the dinking and dunking but couldn't squeeze it between those those small areas, let alone throw those goal routes like we've had an opportunity to see him do over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think he's changed it. I, I think he's changed it quite a bit. And I, I think that even more than that, it, it's been a, a real surprising eye-opener to see the, the way that the Chiefs are attacking offensively. And uh, I, maybe some of that is just that Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill are, are talents that they have not had uh, in the past, and, and, you know, now you have Tyreek Hill in his second year, obviously, and, and they got a sense of what he could do. And, and you know, Kareem Hunt is, is just a, a playmaker of, of the highest order right off the bat in his NFL career and, and what that, that does to change an offense. You know, I, people were saying this, this offseason, you know, how could they get rid of Jeremy Macklin? I mean, would Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Macklin might not even be in, in their their top three receivers if he were still on the team. So it, it's – it was really like like just a great job of of personnel work to to bring in these kinds of players that have have changed the offense and and a great job of 
recognizing what these players were and playing to their strengths and, and getting away from that, that dinking and dunking. Now, you know, it's a long season, and, and we'll see what happens against some of the better defenses that they'll face as the year goes on. But I, I don't know what, what this will mean for, for Smith and Kansas City. I think it's hard when you have a first-rounder sitting on the bench. But, gosh, I, he's going to be heading into free agency on, on a pretty big high if things play out this way for the rest of the year. And I think it will certainly change the outlook of what teams think they can do with Alex Smith if they want to bring him in as their new quarterback. Josh, great information as always, and thanks for putting up with that leading question offered by me. The bottom line when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I'm trying to get Cordell to leave him alone on this show. I'm not bothering him. I have to be honest. Hey, I think I, Aaron, Aaron will tell everybody, Cordell included, R-E-L-A-X, and just <laughs> yeah. enjoy the show. You know? and take a shot. And take a shot at some scotch. <laughs> right? A little scotch, too. Thank you, Josh. We'll chat with you soon. All right. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart, live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.